0: US dollar stops being the global currency. Couldn't be that big of a deal, right? No, it is a huge deal. Right now, the US dollar is what most of the world uses for trade. People trust the US dollar. It is stable, and the US uses it to pay its very high debts. It has been this way for a very long time, and it has been one reason why the United States has kind of remained the epicenter for economic power around the world, but that's kind of changing. There's this group of big countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They're all rising countries. And they're kind of like, why are we obeying the US dollar? Why don't we create our own currency? These countries represent a huge amount of global trade. So if they decided to make their own currency, other countries might start using it, which would diminish the power of the US dollar and thus the power of the United States. This is just one of many ways we've been looking into that the US led global order is starting to have some competition and we're moving into a new cold war. Do you know what the Federal Reserve is? It's not the government. It's a company that prints money. It's the central bank for the United States. What's that mean? It means that our money system, our monetary system is all fake. That's why there's all this disruption with digital currency. You need to read the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. About five bankers got together in the early 1900s, assembled the United States banking cartel known as the Federal Reserve.
1: My friends, welcome to the Sheep Kid Sheared podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and of course popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed. My friends, today we're talking about the secret war on the U.S. dollar. Now, I'm going to bring up some historical references. I'm going to make this case for why I would say this, but before we really get into that, I want you to know I'm not an economist. I am merely someone who knows how to read history and someone who tends to be a little bit ahead of the game for many reasons, whether you like me or you don't like me, you cannot dispute that. And if you want to try, come on up, you know, and hit me up and we'll see if you can present that case. But my friends, I want you to know that we've always lived through times of economic uncertainty. I don't remember a time, I'm not that old, but I don't remember a time when things were really all that stable for very long. There's always been fluctuations, but within the last hundred years, especially, ever since the constructing of the Federal Reserve Act by Congress that was then passed by Woodrow Wilson, largely to pay for World War One, if I'm not mistaken, he was the one, along with the Congress, who changed the course of American history when he... Created the national Res- the Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve now. I want to say this right now I do not blame the Federal Reserve a hundred percent for this For anything for that. I'm about to tell you the blame never truly lies with one person one entity or one organization It is always a shared group effort. There is all never just one person party to blame now that being said I want to show this to you, excuse all the ads on the screen, but here it is. It says, you probably heard that the U.S. dollar has lost around 97, let me repeat that in case you missed it, 97% of its value since 1913, give or take a few percentage points depending upon, you know, the source and the pricing ranges and all that. This is a standard line, 97%, that is thrown around for throughout discourse about the topic of inflation and money in general now you those of you who went and watched or listened to afterwards the debate the republican debate the other night they addressed inflation i look i gotta be honest with you i understand i'm very cynical okay i tend to see things for how they are not how i wish they were or how they ought to be so that is why when i say that our political arena is largely just a circus on both sides. The whole thing is kind of a, a three-card Monty where everybody loses and only the people at the top win. I'm not trying to make you sound stupid, although some of you probably are. At the end of the day, here's the problem. This is directly affecting your life, and you're not seeing it. You are seeing the dog and pony show, not... The drama that actually affects your life, like the standard of living, the devalue of the dollar, the rising rates of inflation, all these things directly infect your life and you've seen them play out, whether it's you want to buy groceries, you want to buy gas, you want to go buy a new car, trying to get a mortgage, whatever it is, it's affecting your daily life. Now, let's go back to this article. The year 1913 is by no means an accident either. Though the Federal Reserve didn't begin operation until, look at that, early 1914, because it was passed in 1913 by Congress in response to to the bank panics, and so they established the Central Bank. Now, my friends, look, the Central Bank has advantages, but also very big disadvantages because... Capitalism is built off of competition And when there is no competition And there's just The people who are basically Overlords of the money That creates a They're basically Playing God Because let's let's not pretend For one second That the world would continue to go on Without money Our civilization would collapse There's actually an entire Rick and Morty episode For those of you who watch Rick and Morty I love it I think it's great it's great satire great comedy well my friends there's an episode about where Rick and Morty I won't go on too far by tangent on this trust me but there's an episode where they're talking about trying to take down the government and they're like oh are we gonna have the nukes target each other are we gonna have all you know this their nuclear energy stuff explode no he literally sets the currency from one to zero the entire civilization collapses pretty much overnight now my friends, when it comes, why does that have to do with this? Well, it has everything to do with it. Currency affects not only the United States but the world. Going back to the first video that we should, that I showed on the show today, we're not the only country that uses the dollar. There was once a lot of time when the petroleum dollar was a thing. It's largely fizzling out because we're letting Saudi Arabia do it, thanks to Joe Biden. But he's not alone. He's not. Look, it's very easy to just blame Joe Biden for everything, and trust me, I, I do my fair share of it, but here's the thing. He didn't—he's not helping by any means, but he didn't cause this. Things have been in the works for a very long time. Ever, I've been, I would argue ever since 1913, this has really been an inevitable place, but it could have been prevented, if not for one thing, which I will discuss with you in a moment— but first, for those of you who don't really know what the Federal Reserve is, here's what uh, here's what Google says. The Federal Reserve was created in 1913 to address the banking panics, like I said, and provide a safer, more stable financial system. The Federal Reserve was signed into law by President Woodrow Wilson on December 23rd, 1913. Now, here are some of the... It says the Federal Reserve was created to do the following. Now, I'm going to read you the checklist and I want you to ask yourself, how are they doing on this? Let's read the list. It says they're supposed to keep inflation low. Well. Hmm. Well, they're not off to a great start already. Uh, maximize employment. Okay. Improve the flow of money and credit throughout the United States. Now, this is an interesting point. Improve the flow of money. Now, this is the point for me that has really been that you would be very, very quick to overlook and focus more on uh, economic calamities and severe financial crises. Those jump out at you more. But this one, third one, improve the flow of money and credit throughout the United States. Well, sounds benign, right? Sounds, Sounds reasonable, right? Yeah, everybody wants the flow of money to keep them going? Yeah, everybody wants good credit, right? Everybody wants opportunities, right? Well, when they say the flow of money, I want you to close your eyes if you have the ability to do so. I don't if you're driving, obviously don't do it. But if you have the ability to do it, I want you to close your eyes and think, picture the flow of money as a river, right? And the Federal Reserve is the dam that controls the Outflow of the water Which is money Into the stream Down to the village The village being The people Us Where we live Now It's really easy To For them to just kind of Control the spigot Yeah I mean that makes sense right Sounds really straightforward Really easy right Well you're not Taking into account The engineers Who Kind of keep The reserve in check And can manipulate it that would be your friends in the government. Now, the friends of your friends in the government tend to like to spend money that is not theirs. Ergo, the public treasury, the tax money, right? That's the sound inflation happens is when they flood the river that we just look, that we just saw in our heads. They flood the river trying to make. Trying to to prevent any kind of drought, any kind of uncertainty. They just flood the the banks of the river, which would be the economy. That is supposed to keep it streamlined as much as possible. Instead, it gets flooded, which is a ton and ton of money is really good because there's more water, there's more to go around, and people are happy initially. But then, when the costs of living, the costs of doing business, and all these things catch up, suddenly the extra money backfires on you. This all goes back to for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, that is something that most people don't have the foresight to see because they don't care about it or they don't think it They don't think it through until it stares them in the eyes and then they try to negotiate with it. No, no, no. You can't negotiate with calamity. It's already happening to you. It's too late. Let's see. The Federal Reserve is the the nation's central bank. In other words, it doesn't have competition because it's sanctioned. It manages monetary policy and regulates the financial system. It sets interest rates. Influencing the supply of money, like we just said, to the economy. It influences, in other words, it prints money. It has the power to print money, along with the help of the government. And the government's the one who spends the money. Don't You, you see how that might be a little bit of a conflicting relationship? The Federal Reserve? Look, the Federal Reserve could say no. I mean, absolutely, they could. But do you really think that the government wouldn't then retaliate? Of course they would. So here's the thing. It's not the Federal Reserve job to say no to the government. I mean, they should, ideally, but they they don't have to. It's in their best interest to just listen to the government and then play damage control afterwards. Now, they're supposed to maximize employment, provide stable prices, and moderate long-term interest rates. Now, let me ask you something. Do you feel like your prices are stable? Do you feel like your employment's been maximized? Do you think that the interest rates are, are moderate? The answer is no. And when you look at how the central bank tends to play God with the help of the government. Now, I don't wanna go off too much of a tangent here, but I will indulge myself for just a second, and I think you'll enjoy it. Now, this is why I hate communism. I hate communism, Because when there is no God, what do you think then becomes the de facto God? If God is, doesn't, if according to communists, God is an opium of the masses, which is what Karl Marx said, God is like a drug to people, which means that God must not be real. So if God is not real, riddle me this, my friends, where does the, who becomes then the next rung on the totem pole for power? The government Now when the government Becomes God The government becomes all powerful And when the government becomes all powerful Guess what you have A de facto dictatorship That is essentially going back To the divine right of kings That was used in Europe All those years ago It's just a different form A different flavor of the same Thing Now I want to share this with you here it says central banks and the problem with playing God now again I don't blame the Federal Reserve for everything I I would be foolish to do that it is a joint effort you're being screwed on all fronts this is why I say that the Republican debates are largely a farce because we all know that Trump's the forerunner and we all know that because he's the one being persecuted If you, if they, if people, if the people in power actually thought that um, anybody on that stage was a threat, they would have already dealt with them or buy them out in the case of Vivek Ramaswamy, who got money from George Soros's brother in the form of a scholarship to go to law school at Yale. Look it up. It's real. I didn't make it up. Now. People wouldn't want to tell me, oh, well, George Soros endorsed Ron DeSantis. Well, of course we didn't endorse, endorse him, but he said that he was the only one that really had a chance of winning. Well, of course he did, because he knows that if he does that, people are more likely to question him, and it goes all the way down the line. You could make all the arguments you want. But here's what I want to get down to. We're going off on a, the wrong tangent here. Now, I want you. I want to read this quote for you. For me, this is what drove this article home. Look, I want you. I'll read this for you. It says, indeed, the reach and influence of central banks has never been higher, one could argue. Initially, being lenders of last resorts for banks, they have also mutated into dealers of last resort for all kinds of shadowy banking institutions residing outside official banking regulations. Today, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, and other central banks around the world have to see to the stability of the entire financial system by catering to the liquidity, liquidity needs of these shadow banks, even though they have developed and grown outside the central bank's purview. I'll explain all this in a second. I want to read all the way through. Many proponents argue that central banks are a lot like the fire corps coming to quench the fires. And as the governor of the Bank of Canada has stated, a firefighter has never been criticized for using too much water. Now, I, I guarantee you, some people turned off the show because they didn't understand a word I just said. But here I'll explain it for you. There's there was a time. So. I'll bring up the Fire Corp example and make it a little more simple, okay? The Fire Corp—so, the firefighter institution was created by Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin was the kind of the forefather of the civics, you know, creating the, the fire department and all that kind of stuff. So, but there was a time when the people were questioning whether the firefighters were relevant. We don't need these people, right? I mean, we're not really having any fires. You know, we we're overpaying them. We don't need them, right? Well, then the firefighters would then, allegedly, they would go set fires so they could put them out to prove they were necessary. That is what he is saying that the, the bank does, the central banks do. They will often intentionally or unintentionally cause economic disruption or crises that will then, they will be called upon to fix And when they come to fix it, they're not criticized for just dumping money on the problem until much, much later, which then they can pass the buck to the government. You may disagree with that interpretation, but that is your right to do so. Here's another quote I wanted to read you. I will read this as well. It says, our economy, like so many other things in life, is a complex adaptive order. That's why I say that no one party is responsible for this breakdown of the in-secret war on the U.S. dollar. It's a joint effort. Central banker no I'm sorry, variables are unknown, and even if they were known at some time at some point in time, because of the adapted nature of the system, variables constantly change unexpectedly, making precise measurements virtually impossible. The economy is very hard to actually measure. The economy is difficult to quantify because so many, there's so many dimensions to it and the factors that are hard to very distinctively measure. It was Peter Drunker Drucker, sorry, who perfect? I hope I said that right, who perfectly described a central bank's situation, and here's what he says, quote, you cannot manage what you cannot measure. That is a great quote, by the way, fantastic quote, I love that, fantastic quote right here, now, my friends, I want you to know that this... The value of the dollar is decreasing and your cost of living is increasing. That is a fact of reality, and that is why some people say we are in a silent depression. Because back in the Great Depression, people were making more money and the cost of goods were lower, adjusting for inflation, of course, than we have right now. And of course, no one in the government will actually say we are in a depression because then it makes them look bad. And they can point to the numbers that they have manipulated and taken out and rearranged factors to tell you that we're not in one when, in fact, anyone who could actively say that is ridiculous and knows nothing. Now, another dimension of this that is not discussed enough is the gold standard, but I will save that for another time. We're already going over time in this video today. I'll discuss the gold standard another time, but it was... Your, it was Nixon who took us off the gold standard. The gold standard is what gave. A, you know what? I'll just show you. I'll give you a brief little teaser. Here it is. The gold standard is what backed our. Your dollar. Uh, your dollar used to be worth its weight in gold. That's why things were worth 50 cents, a dollar, uh, a nickel. That's why it was worth that, because you could trade in that nickel for its weight in gold. Now, you. You can't do that because the government doesn't work that way anymore. Now, like everything else, it has benefits and drawbacks. The benefit is there's more money. downside, that money is worth less, and it's called a fiat currency, which means that it's basically only worth as much as people place value in it. Kind of like crypto, where crypto only has value because people perceive it to have value. That's how it works. And that's why inflation and fiat currencies, fiat currencies usually have a shelf life and we're getting pretty close to ours. But my friends, I want you to, I want you, I want to know what you have to say about the secret war on the U.S. dollar because I, I do not understand how anybody could look me in the eye and tell me that there's no conflict or war going on around the dollar. There is. There's economic warfare being waged all over the world right now. And just because you're not seeing it on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News does not mean that it's not happening. It just means that you're not seeing it. (laughs) But my friends, I want to hear what you have to say because I I am not an expert on this. I'm merely able to read and put together coherent thoughts and are a student of history. If you are an expert, I would love to hear what you have to say, but please provide your credentials. I don't just say, according to experts. I don't know what that means. Give me actual ethos. Establish an ethos, for God's sakes. Saying you're an expert is not an ethos appeal. Doesn't fly at least not with me. But my friends, I want to hear what you have to say, because I'm sure you have a lot to say on this issue, because this affects everybody. My friends, until next time, God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless America. We're out of here. Peace.